Speaking of stones. Yes. We just had uh, one of my favorite guests of all time join us on our podcast, Rock. And uh, we talked about all kinds of stuff. Everything from fatherhood to Black Lives Matter movement and where he was during all of that and where he's at in his life now. What was your favorite part of that episode, G? I I just like how he's able to uh, talk to his daughters and have like um, adult conversations with them and not sugarcoat it. And also the fact that, you know, um, that he has support and that he's not in this all by himself. Right. It takes a village sometimes to get through things in life. And he's definitely um, built his village and, and personally, he's one of my friends that I know I can call on for anything, and he'll be there. Much like when I asked him if he would record a podcast that he didn't know that I had. So, yeah, he's a solid person and by far one of my faves. And now, welcome to Season 2, Episode 3 of Shit That Goes On In Our Head, Solid as a Rock. Welcome to another episode of Shit That Goes On In Our Heads. I'm Dirty Skittles. I'm joined here by G-Rex. And today's guest is Rock. Rock? Hey there. Do you want to say hello to the ladies? Sup, ladies. <laughs> How y'all doing tonight? Mm. <laughs> the single ladies out there. Rock is also single, right? Like long walks on the beach. Don't like the sun. My tan is good enough. <laughs> and sand gets everywhere. But we'll make it work, ladies. <laughs> Holler at your boy. <laughs> so Rock and I have known each other for a very long time. We literally just established how many years it was. And I've already forgotten. Did you say 12? Yeah, give or take. 12 years that I've known Rock. Um, we met through my now husband. We've worked together for a very long time. You were even in my wedding. I was. I was the bridesman. <laughs> and it was a very, very good time. And I will say one inside story. I went to both the bachelor party and the bridesmaid party. Without giving any details, hands down, the bridesmaid's party way harder than the bachelor's did. Way harder. <laughs> I literally went to my room and prayed that night. I got my the Bible that comes in a hotel. I got my rosary beads. I prayed in like six different languages and I was just like asking for protection. I was worried. Ah, dirty, dirty. I almost said dirty Rex. Dirty Skittles knows how to throw a mean bachelorette party. It wasn't even me though. It was my maid of honor. Kudos, I know. Kudos, Kudos to my crew. Um, so yeah. So Rock, I thought maybe you could give us some insight on your life and what it's like to be a single dad. Yeah. I mean, as mentioned, I am a single dad. Um, I'm about to turn 40 this year. No way, I have, dude. Yeah. I'm older than you? Yeah, you are. That's bullshit. I make funny about that all the time. Not as old as you, Rex, though. Not as old, hey. as, not as, old as the Silver Fox either, so oh, that's fun. <laughs> Silver Fox, if you ever listen to this, that's for you. Um, <laughs> but no, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be turning 40 this year. I have three wonderful kids. Um, one son who's going to be 21 this year. My oldest daughter, who's going to be 20 this year, and my youngest daughter, who's going to be 11 this year. Now, if you in terms of kids that 
I got a participation trophy in, in terms of bringing it into the world. My daughters are mine. Uh, my son, I, um, he's the brother of my oldest daughter. When me and her mom met, he was four months old. Um, since that time till today, I've been no disrespect to anybody else, but I've been the only steady father figure he had in his life. So I don't think I told you this, but uh, last year I officially legally adopted him. Oh, congrats. So, man. yeah. So now on both in my heart and on paper, he became my son. Aw. Yeah. Cool okay. kid. Cool kid. Lazy as fuck, but cool kid. <laughs> well, hopefully he doesn't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I have a very strange question. Sure. You don't have to answer it if you don't want to. We'll edit it out. I'm an open book, homie. Um. I've known you in your single days. Yeah. I've, I've definitely been rubbing elbows with you at a club once or twice. Yeah. And I know that your daughters are... Like, how does... Do you think it's fate that you only had daughters for a minute? Um... There's that <laughs> there's that cliche, right? Like, you, 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 the cliche, like, you know, if you treat women bad, you're going to get daughters. So that way you get to reap what you sow, so to speak. Um, I don't think that's the case. I don't ever think I was ever that club person or you know that that person that would go out like every weekend and everything like that try to hit on every single girl that i see and everything like that i was never that person don't get me wrong if i saw somebody i like i was like oh yeah you me let's go and but it, it was never in a sense like to where i was trying to get for lack of better word notches on my belt uh so that being said i'm i don't i don't think i i had girls as as a, as a way to like get me back so, so, so to speak <laughs> Um, I will say this though, I I like having girls. Uh, I like I, you know, like I said, I have my son who I raised, I have my daughters who I raised, and I have nephews. And no, nothing against my nephew's parents, but they're all bad as fuck. And my girls were <laughs> dope. You know, I didn't have anything to to worry about them. You know, if anything, it's like no, don't do that. And end of story. Uh, my son, he was pretty good too. But when I'm looking at my nephews and like how they're growing up i'm just like man oh man oh man if i had a co-hanger oh my word (laughs) like they are bad they are bad so just just for clarification i think the reason i was asking you wasn't so much like to get back but i wondered Mm. what perspective that put on you as a single as a single person having daughters now like having to raise females who may or may not you know date yeah it's been interesting because, like, my, my oldest daughter, she recently just got into the whole online dating and by online, I mean the apps and everything like that. And, you know, I had to give her the whole speech, like, you know, like, all right, let me tell you something. All right. There's these different type of guys. There's the straight up chads. That's like, you know, you know, you want me, blah, blah, blah. And there's like the assholes, the guys that pretend to be nice, but not really nice. And there's actually really nice people. I was like, you, you just, and I, I just had to give her like, you know, I don't call it game. But I would I would, I would have to tell it from perspective like I'm considered a, not to sound braggadocious I consider some a nice person but there are times when I go out there and I'm just like nah, I'm not looking for anything serious I'm just wanna you know play guess where this goes and then call it a day and <laughs> and so you know and this is the hard part talking to my daughter out for me to verbally say if that's what you want I die inside but at the same time I don't wanna I don't want to give that. I want to try to raise my girls to be to not be ashamed of their sexuality. You know what I mean? If my daughter want to go out there and 
do her thing, more power to you. Because it, it, like, if if my son was having a conversation, and, and most and most parents might see this, and and especially in our generation, like if you look at it, if you had like brothers and they're going out there, I got these random girls, like high five, yeah, you got this. But if a girl comes home, like I just got these random dudes, oh, they start shaming them. You know what I mean? So I didn't, I don't, I never want to put my girls in that situation to where where they have to feel bad about them living their lives. Also, I wanted it to be comfortable, even though I don't want to hear it. I want them to be able to be comfortable to come talk to me about this type of stuff, you know? And so that being said, so when it came to with my older daughter, when it came to dating and everything like that, when she started doing all that stuff, it, it was just, it was, it was weird having that conversation, but it was a conversation that needed to be, that needed to happen. And no, no, no nothing against her mom. It's not, certain things are not easy for her to talk to her mom about. Mm-hmm. So she'll come talk to me about it. So I had to be like, take myself out of my own head to a degree mm-hmm. and be like, all right, don't overreact. She's coming to you because she can't go to somebody else. So just Usa, be there, talk to her, go buy a gun. Oh my <laughs> word. And then everything will be all right. So it's, it's definitely, it's definitely interesting. It's definitely interesting. So rock, I just have a question. Sure. As, um, as a single dad, like, okay, this is going to come. I'm going to sound stupid saying this. But when you had to have that talk before they even reached, did they come to you before they even reached puberty where they where you had to have that talk about um, birth control and things like that? Or did that come from their mom? So my son, funny enough, never talked to me about that stuff. Like, you know, yo, dad, I'm about to go out and smash him. But what do you want me to do? You know, mm-hmm. not, he never he never had that conversation with me. My oldest daughter, I got lucky due to a medical condition. She's already on birth control to help control some other stuff that's going on with her. So I got to bypass that. So really with her, it was more just having the conversation and just like understanding like, you know, she had one boyfriend for like a week in high school and he sucked. Uh, I swear to God, if I was like younger, I would have kicked his ass. But mm-hmm. he, he just sucked. And then so, you know, that was her only experience in, in dating in high school. And I was like, I, I want to say that was like 10th or 11th grade. And they dated for like two weeks. And she came home. She's like, I'm just sitting here like, oh, God, here we go. Because <laughs> like my, my in my mind, I'm like, it's just high school. It's not somebody you dated for like years to where you have a strong connection with. There's somebody that gave you, I guess, your first glimpse of attention in that capacity. So I get I get the, the impact of that. But it's not as long lasting. So once she got over it. She kind of took a pause for a long time and the whole online dating thing just became more recent, maybe like in the past year. So with the timing, really didn't need to with the the timing of her situation. I really didn't need to have that conversation centered on birth control. And I jokingly say, like, you know, hey, just don't make me a grandpa at a young age. Or I jokingly say, please be a lesbian for like the next five to 10 years. (laughs) Then after that, reevaluate your life if you want to. (laughs) <laughs> that's my usually my little joke for her and so like that's so that way I have a little bit of time because I will you know I would like to have some gray hair before somebody's like hey here you go babysit this for me like oh you know but I, I think I, 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 I lucked out on that with my youngest one maybe not I won't have that luck but so far with the oldest I got lucky nice um, so can, can I ask one more question sure. yep. in today's environment how much different is it raising your 11 year old than it was raising your um your your two oldest your oldest son and your um 
your oldest daughter? In, in, in my experience, it's a huge difference because it's more, more technology is in front of their faces, you know, with my youngest. With my oldest ones, it was during that transition where um, kids were not as attached to a screen as they are today. So they weren't as exposed to things as they are today. Uh, I, I'll tell you a story with my youngest one. Maybe it was like she's like, like I said, she's going to be 11 this year. So this would maybe have been like a year and a half ago. I was going through her tablet to plug it in, charge it and all that stuff. Check the browser history. She had like 10 pages of history and her of porn lookup. Like not like, you know, let me Google boobs. She went to actual websites <laughs> and she had videos queued up. I'm like, oh, my God, you're 10 years old. You know, how are you learning this stuff so early now? I'm very careful about looking over my shoulder once or twice, but like before I get the jerkins out, you know, just like <laughs> making sure that nobody sees nothing. So, so to me, it was like that blew my mind because it was I would have never had that with my other kids, you know what I mean? So to see that a ten-year-old is just looking at that stuff, I say on her own. She blamed it on her friend that lives in the neighborhood. Who knows? But to see my ten-year-old. Like, you know, be exposed, exposed to that at such a young age. And the reason is because they have like a piece of equipment that connects them to their world in their hands 24 seven. You know, not that I'm like, you know, the type of parent that's like, here's here's a tablet. Go away. Leave me alone. But, you know, while I'm working and if I'm doing something, it's very common for them to have the device in their hands. And I thought I did a good job about be like, you know, let me block this. Let me block this. Let me block this. Let me block this. The kids find a way. They find a way to break all the rules. <laughs> How did you? handle that situation. I, I did it. I called her mom. I was like, oh. <laughs> I was like, hey, just so you know, this is what I found. You know, what do you want to do? And we kind of game plan the plan together and everything like that. And then we handle it that way. You know, we did ask her like, you know, hey, where did this come from? She blamed it on one of the kids in the neighborhood. So we didn't like we didn't like yell at her like, you know, yeah. this is bad, but it's more so like it's inappropriate, if that right. makes sense. Um, you know, and I will, I will say this for, for, for all of my kids, uh, I have two baby mamas, uh, you know, mothers to my children. I will say this one thing that really has helped me, you know, you guys said I was single dad earlier. I, I kind of think of it as a co-parenting, if you will, cause it's not like the mothers are not in the picture at all. Um, but it, it does help to have that level of communication between both parents to make sure that what you're doing is the best outcome for the kids. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think the way you approach it was well. Like, you did a good job. I can't imagine my dad having found my stuff at 10 and <laughs> coming out and roasting me for every bit. And I was crazy. Eight. Doesn't typically. <laughs> it was crazy. I was looking at it. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Send this to myself. Oh, my God. Oh, oh no my way, God. Dude. What is she Googling? <laughs> Man. Um, this might be a silly question, kind of going off of what uh, G-Rex asked. How hard is it to to raise a girl versus a boy? Is there a difference? Do your tactics stay the um, same? Or there's there's some pros and cons. I, behavior wise, again, in my personal experience, the girls definitely um, do not cause me any type of behavior pro- problems compared to my son and compared to my my nephews, like I mentioned earlier. Um, but there are some some things that, as a father, I can't address. You know, whenever whenever they start going through puberties and stuff like that, I can't necessarily explain everything. I could Google stuff and try to explain stuff, but I can't speak to it from a personal experience. So that's why, like I mentioned earlier, it's really I'm I'm fortunate that 
one, their mothers, their respective mothers are good moms and they're able to help me out with things of that nature. Two, I have a very good support system um, since they were born with on my family side and everything like that. Because as an example, like me, when I'm doing their hair, washing it, I wash, I do all that stuff. My hairstyles, you got a ponytail, pigtails, ponytails to the side, left to right. Those are my hairdo choices. That's it. So, you know, when I need it, when I need them to be a little bit more gussier, I hit up my sister, be like, hey, do some stuff with their hair. Like, I literally call her and be like, hey, you home? Yeah, I'm bringing one of the girls bites for some hair stuff. So when so when they want to do braids and stuff like that, I can lean on my sister. So in that regards, and yeah, I know that stuff I could learn, but I tried to braid once. And if I was putting a pinch, I could do it. But trust me, you wouldn't be like, yo, Rock, hit me up. Braid my hair, dog. <laughs> you would not be doing that anytime soon. So I'm, I'm fortunate for those for those areas where I would fall short <laughs> that I do have people either directly in their lives in the sense of their moms and directly in my life in the sense of my sister, my mom, to help me out and lean on in that regard to be like, hey, this is some lady stuff that I really don't have the, the capacity to fully handle properly or as well as want it to be handled. So can you please help me out? So I, I'm, I'm really, really, really fortunate in that in that area. So in, in today's environment, um, are you do you have any fears for your kids? Yeah, of course. <laughs> if it wasn't evident by earlier comments, I'm a black man. I'm raising black kids. You know, my kids are all mixed race. You know, one, two of them are Puerto Rican and black. And the other one is like white and black, but which is basically black. Right. So there is some fear in that regards, because for my son, he's when and. And I don't mean to sound so negative about the world today, but the reality of it is there will be situations where the first thing that they're going to look at is he's a he's a tall kid and he wears like black clothing all the time, always has a hoodie on Jinko jeans and everything like that. So they'll look at him and be like, here you here's this black person, tall, quote unquote, scary. That's going to be like the first judgment that a lot of people will have for him. And so I have to educate him on how to talk to people, how to present himself and things like that, which it sucks that's the conversation that that has to happen, but unfortunately, that's the world that we live in right now. But my daughter's is two strikes. You're a female and you're a black female. So there's two strikes against them in in society that shouldn't be there. But unfortunately, that's hurdles they're going to have to potentially deal with depending on where their paths take them in life. I'm hoping by the time they get to my age, it's not a hurdle, um, you know, but the reality of it is it probably will be. You know, it's something I had to deal with and something, unfortunately, I do have to deal with. So in that regards, that is something I'm I'm genuinely scared of Uh, for my girls. I don't want them to, you know, obviously, you know, you don't want them to be in some type of abusive relationship or anything like that, especially with somebody who's taller than me. I'll make things a lot harder (laughs) for when I have to go, you know, put in work. (laughs) Uh, How tall are you for the record? Huh? How tall are you for the record? I mean, I'm going to be the fifth on that one. <laughs> I'm nah. going to say 6'2". I'm like, sure. <laughs> no, but, but, you know, so those are those are the type of fears that you have. And I guess you could say the cliche. Nobody wants to, no dad wants to see their daughter on a pole. <laughs> Not to diminish that line of work. But, you know, there's, there's, there's little common fears like that. But the, the big ones is just is mostly just understanding how, for the, unfortunately, some people in society will perceive them. And making them understand that like you know be honest with yourself don't keep yourself in situations that you're not genuinely happy in uh, because i'm pretty sure 
most people have friends where they just keep themselves in a very shitty situation just because I don't want to be by myself. I don't want to do something else. And then you're just like, no, just get out of there. It, life is so much better if you just keep your mind open that there's better options out there. So I try to emphasize, obviously, with the 10 year old, with the 10 year old, she's a little bit too young to understand that. But, you know, with the older ones, I try to be like, you know, hey, you know, it's OK. Yeah. Um, since I've known you, you've always been pretty level-headed and pretty reliable. And as you're talking about raising your children and having that family and that support system, do you, how much do you think that that's actually influenced who you are today as a parent? Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Because I look at, I look at that and there's a lot of, there's a lot of, so I look at my upbringing and the morals that were instilled to me from my parents, if you will. And then I look at how I was raised and I try to echo that sentiment to what I'm, how I'm raising my kids. So you look at how you're raised, you know, you always, you always um, I'm a, I'm a child of immigrants. So the, so it's like always be respectable to your elders, work hard and everything like that. So, and you know, be good to people in general. So that's the way I've always approached life. Whenever I have a job, I give it a hundred percent. Whenever I meet people, I treat people with kindness and courtesy until they give me a reason not to. And so that's definitely helped help me establish relationships and, and with all types of people from all walks of life. And then that in turn influences me because I get to see how different people live their lives through different lenses. And I try to do my best to incorporate the pros from different people and see how, how, how can I take a positive from your life and incorporate it into my life? Will that make a positive for me? So I think that my, that my family influence is a huge influence. Even the influence of my friends is a huge influence. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, what's the biggest lesson you've learned so far in your journey as a parent? Uh, there's no, there's no perfect recipe. I, and what I mean by that is like, there's like my, my way of raising my kids doesn't necessarily translate to how you, you can raise your kids or anybody else's kids. What works for me works for me. But the one thing I would say that I would hope is universal that a lot of people will take into consideration is that, you know, don't think you have to get it right out the box, you know, it's okay to make mistakes. Just learn from that mistake, learn from those mistakes and improve for the sake of yourself and for the sake of your child. That's the way I, I that's the way I have to approach it. If I try to do everything perfect, I'd, I'd go crazy by now. Yeah. I'd go crazy. <laughs> yeah. Dude, seriously. Um, let's see. What else, man? I'm trying to think of like how, how deep we're trying to get here, but go deep. If, to kind of go back on today's day and age and race and nationality, mm. there was two things I wanted to ask you. One of them was, I vividly remember um, a time where, a group, it was during COVID actually, we had a virtual happy hour and this was right when Black Lives Matter was happening. Yeah, yeah I remember that. <laughs> we can cut it out if you don't want to talk about no, it. No, that's fine. That's I'm, I'm curious because I obviously am not in that situation. So I'm just very curious how those conversations, if any, um, that you had with your ki with your children, like how did they go? How did you have to talk about it as a family? Yeah, I mean, as a black person, you always got to talk the, the the topic of race and how we, how how it how it interacts with people with authority. Even if even if black, the whole Black Lives Matters movement didn't happen, that conversation always happens because I've been in situations prior to Black Lives Matters to where it's been something as simple as I go to a barbershop 
And I walk in, they're like, we don't cut your type of hair here. You know, that could be perceived as like, hey, you know, you're at Great Clips. You need to be at the sports cut down the road. Or it could be perceived like you're not you're not welcome. You know, I've been in situations to where like this is super stupid, but I will talk to somebody online in terms of dating. And the second I mentioned that I'm a black person, the whole the whole the whole length of time that we're conversing is done over for that simple matter, you know. So and then I there's also been times where. I'm walking out of a video game shop and literally have sh- basketball shorts and like a tank top and a bag with a video game in it. There's a cop standing at the door. He calls him a random name. I think Jerome. I don't turn around. And then he calls it again. I still don't turn around. At this point in time, I'm literally the only person in the parking lot. But when he says it the third time, I turn around. I was like, I'm assuming you're trying to get my attention. Why didn't you turn around when I called you? Because my name's not Jerome. And And he was like the whole time, hand on the gun whole time and like you know and like i'm looking at i'm thinking to myself i'm not a threat like you know it's not like i have i'm having anything to where something could be perceived hidden on me i'm wearing basketball basketball shorts and a tank top and a, i literally walked out the store with a with a video a gamestop bag in my hand um so you know and that whole confrontation and then he like you know he was very aggro with me because he was mad i didn't respond to him but in my mind it's like why would i respond to a name that's not my name and, you know, I had to show him his ID. I showed him my ID and he held me there for like 30 minutes. And the whole time, hand on, the, hand on his gun, just asking me random questions, random questions. Even after I showed my ID and I established my name is not Jerome. So if I'm not the person that you're looking for, why are we here? Why are we still talking? <laughs> you know, so all those things happened to me before Black Lives Matter was a thing. And, I, and all those type of things have happened to multiple other people of color. Because let's be real. It doesn't just happen to black people. It happened to just People of color. We'll just leave it at that. And so, so when the movement happened, and you know, prior to the movement happening, you know, I talked to my kids, talked to my kids about it, that, that type of stuff. And then when the movement happened, it was like more like it was plastered. And since the Black Lives Matters movement impacted more the, I not I won't say impacted, but it kind of motivated the younger, the younger group to pay attention to that stuff. It was it was more just saying like you know, hey, you know, this is why I've been telling you guys what I've been telling you guys because stuff like this happens. Only difference is is the stuff like this has been happening. The only difference now is that everybody has a cell phone or a camera on them now, so it's 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 put into the forefront a lot easier than before. So, damn, that that I don't even know what to say to that. That like it's so yeah, it's life. It should it shouldn't be that way, but like it, I it I look at it That's this way. It yeah, it sucks. it sucks. It happens. I I have the mentality to bear it. I had the mentality to go through with it and to, to persevere through it. And I, just to make sure that I rather happen to me than to my kids. And so if I have to deal with that 10 times, so that way my kid doesn't have to deal with it one less time, I'll happily, I'll happily deal with it. Yeah, for sure. And you know, and for every bad interaction there's at least 10 or 12 positive ones of different people. So I'm not, I feel like the scale to a degree balances, which might be controversial to say, but it's not, to, it's not to belittle those events. You know what I mean? But if I if I spend I have, I have in my mind, if I spend too much time focusing on the negative, it'll just fill my heart with hatred. And I, I can't live my life that way. I need I need to be a more positive person. I acknowledge that fucked up shit happens and anything I could do to prevent said fucked up shit from happening. I will. But I can't live every day dwelling on it. That this goes back to uh, something I said in, in one of my one of our season two episodes that hasn't aired yet. But I get so protective of friends and family and like just hearing you having to 
like this is part of your everyday and like it's a fact that is for you and that it's not something that it's not a conversation that I had to have right like it wasn't we knew what was going on and my and Bizzle and I were sitting in the living room watching the news we were in Georgia when this was going down and we had that happy hour and you were sharing real experiences that you have had and I just remember getting angry then and I'm getting angry now and it pisses me off that's just something that you have to deal with period what i always tell people whatever like like one of my local bars that i go to all the time the owner loves having serious conversations with me especially when i'm drinking i don't know why but he loves it but it's okay i i always tell him like i'm i'm my main thing is just like this conversation is not going to solve anything yeah honestly but what's important is that we're having the conversation A lot of people are afraid to just have the conversation, have the honest conversation, I should say. And not a conversation when I'm pandering to you or you're pandering to me or I'm trying to prove my point to you or you try to prove your point to me. It's just having a conversation. My thing is, like, when I talk to people about anything, I just want to understand where you're coming from. And hopefully I want you to understand where I'm coming from. That's it. I'm not trying to get you on my side and I'm not going to try to get you. You know, I don't want you trying to get me on your side. I just want you to understand the path that I walked. And I want to try to understand the path that you walked. Hopefully by that, by just understanding each other, we could see, oh, okay. And come to the conclusion ourselves that, you know what? I see where they're coming from. Maybe the way I thought about this or that or that needs to be reevaluated. Because once you start trying to like tell people like, you know, this is how it should be. This is how it should be. This is how it should be. It stops being a conversation. It starts being a debate or debate or argument. And then you really don't get anywhere that way. So when I, talked to, I've talked to Bizzle about this stuff. I talked to many people in our friend group about this stuff. I talked to, to, to people um, at the bar I go to a lot about this stuff. And they're like, you know, you don't seem like a, stereo, a quote unquote angry black man. I'm like, cause I'm not like I, I'm angry, but I'm not, it doesn't, what purpose does it, does it, does it, does it solve if I'm yelling and screaming to somebody that's actually trying to understand something. So I just approach everything. Just like, let's just have the conversation. Let's see where you're at. You'll see, hopefully you'll see where I'm at. And let's see from there, we could build and try to get somewhere. But if you're not willing to have that conversation, then there's no point. There's no point in my opinion. I was just going to say that it sounds a lot like just for me because I'm a lesbian, right? So in the LGBTQIA plus with all the crap that's going on in today's world, I mean, it's a lot of crap for us. You know what? I don't walk around as an angry lesbian because what's the what? Why <laughs> we get nothing out of it, right? If you don't like me, I don't fucking care, and I just kind of walk away from that. But if somebody wants to have an intelligent conversation about it, about why I am the way I am, I'll do that. But you know what? I'm like you said earlier. I hope that in the next twenty to twenty years, we're not having these same kinds of conversations. Yeah, I agree. As much as like this has happened for for so many years. My only like spark of like, I don't even want to say it's a spark of hope. It's just what I'm doing with Nugget and what Bizzle and I are doing with Nugget is that like, I'm like, I just want to raise a human being who loves human beings and that there isn't like, I don't want him to see somebody for their race, for their sexual orientation, for any of that. Like, I want him to see it's a human being. It's an individual. It's somebody that he can respect, love. It doesn't matter. Like, I want him to just love the human, you know? And maybe, I mean, hopefully there are other people that are out there that are doing the same thing. And maybe one day 
we can just love each other, you know? Yeah, I agree. Plus the Nuggets, he's cool people. He has good influences. <laughs> he has he has good influences around him. That's my little nugget. Yeah, I mean, I think exposing him to different people is like key, and teaching him like there's we're all humans. Yeah, it, it it a lot of a lot of this stuff comes from just like a lack of knowing, you know, and 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 a lack of bad source information, like you know people people that passing down bigotry and hatred through religion, family and stuff like that. And a lot of times, once you actually open up the individual to just real life experiences and and hopefully if they have been tainted. Uh, but, you know, when you once you open up to real life experiences, stuff like that, then they sometimes, you know, you, they could come up to their own conclusion. Hence why I, I emphasize. Let's just have a conversation. I don't need you to like me. I just want let's just talk. And then maybe I might say something that you didn't know. Be like, oh, for real? That's how it is. Word. Damn, son, you know, and then next thing you know, I got a new BFF. Aw, well, you're likable. Eh, <laughs> I have my moments. It's okay to be not okay. Just make sure you're talking to someone. <laughs>